it's it's feel good but you i mean it's it's like really good fun like really good laughs mm -hmm. um you know when he's like walking around on uh like after having a heart attack and he's walking around in his gown his gown in yeah. the hospital and he's all drugged up <laughs> the back of his gown's all open mm -hmm. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we review your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries available on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Medstaff with your host, Jamie Zarlingo. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. I am your host of this podcast. This is our final recruiter spotlight before our big finale with the Halloween episode. And we are ending things with one of my favorite recruiters at Atlas Medstaff, Kristen Begman. How are you, Kristen? I'm good. You're one of my favorites as well. So this is perfect. Thank you so, much. <laughs> so for those that don't know, um, Kristen is, you're based in South Dakota. I am. I'm in Rapid City, South Dakota. So the beautiful Black Hills, it's where Mount Rushmore is for, for anybody who likes that type of history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had not actually had a chance to meet Kristen back, you know, back in the before times, as we all say, um, <laughs> she, uh, was one of our remote recruiters. And when we went to TravCon in 2018, um, we ended up being roommates and that is how we met. And we just, we just really hit it off. We had some great conversations and just had a wonderful time. And, um, since then that, that bond that we created has always been very special. So we, we catch up as often as we can. And unfortunately just with the state of the world, we're not able to see each other very often. And especially, you know, with everyone working from home, it's harder to connect. So just being able to do this and see you even just over a screen is just wonderful. Yes, it does. It does kind of bring a little bit of um, personal connection, even just seeing you on video. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, we did. Las Vegas was super fun. And we kind of, we had not really gotten a chance to connect a ton before that. So being roommates and like going to events together and just being, being there as, as kind of partners and, and roommates, it was, it was awesome to be able to kind of get to know you that way. And yes, we did have really good conversations. It was, it was super fun. It was nice. Yeah. Well, maybe someday we'll, we'll go again. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Let's do it again. So thank you again for joining. Um, just before we get into our questions, I would just like to have you introduce yourself, just kind of talk about how you came to Atlas. So I've been in Atlas for three and a half years, a recruiter, a remote recruiter the whole time. Um, so I actually knew Matt and Misty Lawhorn who have been, um, Misty is a fellow recruiter. And then uh, Matt is our director of uh, brand experience, um, and um, he handles all the, the cool stuff that we get to do, and then Misty and I get to work together as recruiters. We've known them for a really long time, going on 14 or so years, and they knew I had some recruiting in my background and wanted to get back into that, and so um, we, it just, it fell into place. It was, it was, um, it was, it was a perfect match. It was wonderful. And I have been, um, 
thanking God for the opportunity every day since. It's, it's been amazing. I wouldn't go anywhere else. Yeah, it's been, it, especially since COVID, I feel like I was also, I also felt very lucky to be at Atlas because um, it's just been such a scary time. And now with numbers increasing again and spikes happening again, possible shutdowns again, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, we can still continue to work from home. Our, our company is kind of built on that ability, which is nice. Mm-hmm. For me specifically, I was a little nervous because a lot of what I do involves physically being with people and recording them and, and interviewing them and doing things like that. We have managed to make it work virtually. Sometimes we do get some studio time. We have recently started doing that again a little bit, but with um, very limited people, of course, and, and anyone who is operating equipment, we're wearing masks and making sure that we're being safe. And um, so it's nice that we've had that ability to kind of step back into the studio a little bit, but, but yeah, yeah Atlas has been a, you know, a great blessing during this time. Um, it's definitely changed my day-to-day working at home and I have my son at home a couple of days a week. Today is not one of those days. <laughs> um, I would not be able to do a record a podcast with him here. He is, he just needs constant attention and supervision because he is a toddler and he is getting into everything. And <laughs> yes. so, yes. um, so yeah, it's, thank you again for, for coming on and, um, Absolutely. and, uh, let's get right into it. So yeah. the first question that I ask everybody because I feel that this is a huge tell of who you are as a person, is what is your favorite movie of all time and why? Okay, so you and I have talked about this before and you still need to watch it. Yes. I would, if, if we were together, <laughs> I would watch it with you. Uh, but my, I have a lot of favorite movies, but the one I always go back to as my favorite is Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Um, it's got Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly as the leads. Raymond Burr is the um, is the the bad guy of the the movie, and I feel like I was telling you the thing about it that I loved when I was younger, and then even through you know adulthood, I it's just incredibly detailed. Alfred Hitchcock has a way of putting a story on screen where he brings the viewer into what he's doing, and there's, there's, I, it's, it's just amazing to watch, especially, you know, during that time period where we don't have all, we didn't have all of the, the, the special effects and all of that stuff that we do now. Um, it was just a very beautiful and emotional, um, it kind of hit on all, 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 all parts of your emotions. It, it was just a beautiful movie. So, and it had a, just had a really great story to it. So. Can you tell us a little bit about that story for some of our maybe younger listeners who have maybe not seen that movie, such as myself? <laughs> yes. So Jimmy Stewart uh, plays, the character that he plays is, and for, for, I hope there's not anybody out there who doesn't know who Jimmy Stewart is, but he was also in It's a Wonderful Life, the main character. Um, but Jimmy Stewart's character in Rear Window, he is a renowned uh famous photographer. Um, I would relate him to somebody who, you know, photographs for National Geographic or, you know, something similar. And he has recently um, gotten injured and broken his legs. So he is bound to his apartment in New York City. And um, he's kind of just this rough and rough and tumble, cool guy um, who is you know, stuck in his apartment in the summertime, it's hot. 
Um, Grace Kelly plays his girlfriend, um, who is this beautiful, stunning kind of socialite. Um, and the, the premise is, is that because he's stuck in his apartment and, and really can't do much, um, he starts watching his neighbors and starts just kind of getting, a, you know, kind of, kind of just starts watching them and just kind of the daily lives and the comings and goings of his neighbors that he can see. But it also, um, he starts to kind of get involved a little bit, just, you know, so then because he's a photographer, he takes out his, you know, um, high definition lens and starts looking, you know, kind of just, just kind of getting a little bit more intrigued by the, the lives of those who live in the apartments around him. In doing that, he starts to notice one neighbor in particular who um, he starts to believe may have killed his wife. And the wife is no longer there. He starts doing, and, and, and so he starts taking pictures and he starts doing some research and he gets one of his um, uh, best friends involved. And um, of course his, his girlfriend, Grace Kelly, and they start kind of dissecting and trying to, to, to find out if this is in fact true, if somebody, if, if he has killed his wife. And so just the detail that they go into in, in showing the characters of each of his neighbors, even though you don't really see them up close, they become just in super important parts of the story. And then him trying to figure out this kind of murder mystery and then it, and then I won't spoil it, but it just ends up in a really, really cool, suspenseful mystery story. So that actually sounds amazing. So I may have to watch that very soon, but it reminded me as you were telling it so much of another film that came out way, 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 way later. Did you ever see Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf? No, but a lot of people compared that to Rear Window and same very, kind of very similar plot. And I would imagine, obviously, they probably, you know, took some creative liberty with that storyline because it's, it's very similar. But the, in this particular movie, the character, um, Shia LaBeouf's character, he is on house arrest because he punched his teacher. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. I have seen that. That's a super good movie. It, it's yes. very good. Um, it and, is really good. And he, yes. um, he gets bored and starts creeping on his neighbors. Yes. <laughs> and yes. that's a similar thing. He sees a man across the street and he thinks that he's murdering people. And then, yeah, so very, very similar concept. But uh, sound, this sounds way more intriguing and more interesting. I'll, I will definitely have to check that one out. I, I did a little research on it. I'm just kind of seeing where we could stream it. Since it is an older film, as I'm sure you guys know, Older films are a lot harder to find as far as streaming goes, but you can rent it pretty much anywhere you can rent movies. So you can rent it on, uh, you know, YouTube, YouTube TV or whatever it's called. Um, uh, iTunes, Vudu, Google Play, Amazon Prime, you can rent it for about four bucks. So uh, you do have to pay a little bit to watch this one, but it is available on some streaming platforms just with uh, a little bit of cash. So yeah, that's awesome. It's worth it. Worth every penny. Yeah, that definitely looks really good. Um, you had asked me before we started recording what my favorite movie is. I have a couple. I would definitely say that when I tell people my favorite movie, it sounds ridiculous because it's one of the least, it has no substance to it at all. Uh, my favorite movie is Wayne's World. Yes. 
That's a great movie. It's so yes. funny and fun. Yes. Just, and I, I'm a big fan of Saturday Night Live as well. Um, you know, and uh, it started off as a skit that turned into a movie and they've done that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Wayne's World is, I'm not actually sure if it's available streaming. I know it was at one point, but I do own it on DVD. And um, I, for me, that movie is my favorite. Well, you can watch it um, with Hulu Premium and um amazon prime that's cool it's Mm -hmm. on there um as well as the other uh, rental options but um the reason it's my favorite for me is because again because there's no real substance it is a movie that you can watch and be in a terrible mood and just (laughs) laugh and just kind of forget about about the craziness of life and mike myers and dana carvey are wonderful together um tia career is is, she's just such a badass in that movie she's wonderful Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just got so many iconic scenes, like the car scene where they're all headbanging to Queen, which is yeah. funny because with that song, um, um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was big in the seventies and kind of, you know, after a couple decades, wasn't really big anymore, but that movie kind of like relaunched that song and it was on, you know, top of the charts again. And so, um, it's, it's just one of my favorites cause it's just so fun and just goofy and, just a very silly premise that could have easily been a Saturday night live skit that got turned into, you know, a 90 minute movie. So. Yeah. Well, and they're both incredible actors. Like, I, I mean, just incredible comedic range and just very relatable. And how can you not love Mike Myers and Dana Carvey? Like they're just hilarious and adorable. So, and they're just good at what they do and they, you know, transition really well into those two characters. They had a lot of practice, obviously, from doing that skit for so long. But just, yeah, that is a, that is a, it is a great movie. It's a, it's a great movie. And there's a lot of like little things that they say that a lot of people don't catch or go over your head and, you know, the stairway to heaven thing, you know, that, and just, there were some really cool, cool parts of that, that movie that kind of were iconic for that time. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. I, I, there's a couple other favorites that I have that I want to talk to you about and see if you've seen them. So, um, back in January, um, we did an episode for my birthday and I talked about Wayne's world and uh, a couple other ones. So, um, one of my other favorite movies of all time is, um, uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Have you ever seen that one? It's been a really long time. I think I saw it when it first came out, but yes, I have seen that, but it's been a really long time. I would need to watch that again. That one, and I've talked about it, I I won't go into the plot, but it's just, I, what an interesting concept, like kind of unheard of um, with, you know, the ability, and it really brings up the question, you know, what would you, would you be, if you had the possibility, would you erase a person from your memory from, as if they never existed or they were never a part of your life? Because he was heartbroken, right? Like, mm -hmm. isn't that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Well, she does it first. She's very, Clementine is her name. She's very, very impulsive, kind of a very, just very opposite of who Joel, um, Jim Carrey's character is. He's very quiet and reserved. She's very loud and outgoing. She, um, they get in a really big fight and she just kind of on a whim does the procedure and he doesn't realize, he doesn't even know what it is. He's never even heard of it. And so then he goes and does it. And just the sequence of them going through these memories as they're being erased is, is so cool and so unique how they do it. Very artistic, a very beautiful film to watch. And then just the story itself is very heartbreaking, but also very yeah. you know beautiful. And it kind of just shows that, you know, no matter what, 
everyone who comes into our life will always be a part of it, no matter what you do. So it's kind of, kind of a bittersweet message, but. It is, it just gives you a different perspective of something. And it's kind of just a totally different, like a, huh, okay, that's interesting. Never would have, you know, what would you do? How, how would you react to what, you know, it is, I need to watch that again because it's been forever. I don't remember, I don't even know when that came out. I think it was 2003. So yeah, it's 17 years old. Oh my gosh. Wow. Seems crazy, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of on the same subject, just rear, rear window being one of your favorite films. I, mm-hmm. I want to know just kind of what typically are the types of movies that you watch? Like what's your favorite genre? Are you a comedy person or like suspense, rom-com, uh, you know, what what is your favorite type of movie? Like, what do you typically go for? If you're going to have a movie and I, what is the kind of movie that you're going to look for? I think, first of all, it depends on who I'm watching with. With three kiddos, they usually dictate uh, what we watch. Um, but if it's with my husband, you know, we'll, I don't know, we like, um, we like documentaries. We're, we're huge into documentaries. Um, we both really, really loved the Tom Clancy um, series, you know, that, that were based on the books um, with, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name from The Office? Um, oh, um, Jack, uh, it's the Jack Ryan series, right? Yeah, it's the Jack Ryan series. Oh, John Krasinski. Yes, and John Krasinski. And um, he is not bad to look at, first of all. And the storyline, especially the first season, was perfection. It was so, so good. And just really, really well done. So that was that was one that we really enjoyed. Obviously not a documentary, but that, it, you know, is fiction. But it was, it was suspense. It was, you know, fast-paced action. And again, really good acting. Um, if I'm by myself, you know, and I have the, I have the control of, of what I watch, um, you know, I, I like a romantic comedy, but only if it's done really well. I don't, I mean, I can handle some of the Hallmark stuff, you know, with the kids during Christmas time, but if I'm going to watch a rom-com, then I want it to be really, really good. The, probably my favorite romantic comedy is, um, um, is the one it's got Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson <gasps> as good as it no just kidding um that's, I, I always want to say that it as good as it gets but yeah that's not. a good one too but no oh my gosh what is it um something's got to give something's got to give I love that movie yes. so good that is one of my favorite that is probably up there with Rear Window like that is one of my favorite movies of all time again because it's so impeccably done. Like the acting is amazing. You have Keanu Reeves, you have just an amazing cast. Um, And the setting is beautiful. I mean, it's like the Hamptons um, and the New York City. Again, I must like New York City, Um, I do. And then just, yeah, just a beautiful movie. And it's just a really, really well done um you laugh and it's hilarious but you also are very it's not cheesy it's just really really good really good what I love about that movie is how you know it's not just a typical plot of you know they get together they break up and then they get back together like it's very like it's 
almost not convoluted, but it's just, there's so much that happens. So, you know, he's dating her daughter and then her daughter is kind of like, eh, you know, maybe he's not really for me. And he has a heart attack like in their house and so he has to stay there. And then they, you know, kind of fall in love and she's writing a play and then he breaks it off with her and she writes a play about their love and yeah. their story. And then he's all pissed off because she like kills him off in the end, which is so funny. Yeah. Yes. Keanu Reeves is the doctor and then they end up together in the end. Spoilers. I'm sorry, everyone, but it's just, it, oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites yeah. too. Yeah. There's just so much going on, but it all connects really, really well. It's all well-rounded. It's, it's feel good, but you, I mean, it's, it's like really good, fun, like really good laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he's like walking around on, uh, like after, having a heart attack and he's walking around in his gown gown, in the hospital and he's all drugged up the back of his gown's all open Mm -hmm. yeah I love a good Jack Nicholson film too like and I love his range he's done so many wonderful things like you know scary and then you know some of his more classic films um like Chinatown um and then uh he's done so many rom-coms too (laughs) he's just he's got quite a range and he's still kicking too still around yeah He's still, he's still really good. So I think rom-com would be probably one that I would, would choose. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I would say that would, that would probably be it, but it's gotta be really, it's, I don't know. I just, I'm picky. If I'm going to, I don't have much time between work and kids and going and coming and doing everything. So with everything that we have going on, if I have a little sliver of time and to watch something by myself, then I want it to be really worthwhile you know really really well acted you know I want to feel like it it was it was worth my time so I agree there's rom-coms get a really bad rep because there are so many very cheesy predictable like horribly written just there's so many of those out there that I feel like they do get a bad rep but there are some really good ones out there so for those haters out there of the rom-com there are good ones. And I would say something's got to give is one of them. A, a, a recent one, Crazy Rich Asians, I loved, was so good. Um, I mean, there's always going to be a little bit of a predictability to those movies. I mean, it's a romantic comedy. Of course, they're going to end mm-hmm. up together in the end. They're going to be happy. Um, but there are good ones out there. So make sure you look for them. That book was amazing. I read all three of the Crazy Rich Asian series. Oh, I didn't realize it was a book series first. The book... Kevin Kwan is the author and the way that he writes, like if you go back, the book is very hard to put down. The first one is the best out of the, the it's like a trilogy. The first one is the best as they usually are. Um, the detail that he puts into the extravagance and the colors and, you know, just everything that is part of that lifestyle, that, that, that rich and famous like lifestyle is, and he goes into the language differences and like the slang, um, you know, the, the, the different dialects of the language and not in a confusing way, but in a really cool way. And it's, it, it's so well-written, Jamie, you got to watch it or you got to read it. It's, it's so good. Okay. I'll add that to my list of books <laughs> because it's okay. So Kristen and I were part of um, a book club that we had at Atlas that very quickly fell apart. <laughs> I know it got so hard for everyone to, you know, kind of stay on track with, I mean, honestly, I feel like where it went wrong was the first book we picked. Nobody liked. Yeah. 
And I think from there we were just kind of like, oh, well, and then COVID hit. So, <laughs> well, that, and I love to read and historical fiction is, is my genre for, for reading. And I'll usually take, um, you know, a, a time out or two, if I have, if I do a pretty serious book, then I'll try to do one that's more lighthearted, but that Nightingale, by Kristen Hanna that we tried to read everybody on my like historical fiction, Facebook pages. Um, yes, I'm a nerd. Um, you the one who suggested it too, I think. No, I wasn't actually. Oh, okay. Um, so it was a book that I had not ever heard of. Like I, I knew the author, but I had not heard it. I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with that book. Um, everybody loves that book. So I feel like I should maybe give it another try because I didn't get into it too far before we kind of nixed it and decided to move on to something else. But yeah, we could do a whole nother episode of on, on reading. That's not, yes. <laughs> not, not this platform, but yes, reading is. Yeah. I have to admit, I did not hate that book as much as everybody else. I just feel for me, if I have a, a set timeline to read something, anytime I have to do something, it's harder than if I just want to do it. And I think that was the struggle for me. And it was also very long. It's a long book mm-hmm. and it, a lot of people said that it uh, took too much time to, you know, explain things that they didn't need to, or there's just a lot of unnecessary parts. I don't know, but maybe I'll have to try it again too, because I didn't hate it really. I was, I, it yeah. really started to get good once everyone was like, can we pick another book? <laughs> so like, oh, do you God. like that genre then? Do you like historical fiction? do here and there. I think for me, when it comes to reading, I know we're, we're on a little bit of a tangent here as far as streaming goes, but I'll, I'll bring it back. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I think for me, I, and I know it's not, you know, I mean, it is a book, but I love memoirs. I mm-hmm. love getting to know people on a personal level about their lives. And, um, some of my favorites are like Tina Fey's memoir is hysterical. It is so funny. And um, Amy Poehler's Yes, Please, I still to this day, the reason that that book is called Yes, Please is kind of just when you ask for something, yes, please. I have started saying that because of this book, adding please after I ask for something. And um, well, I I say please anyway, I I try to always have manners, but uh, (laughs) her book is almost more of like, like a self, not self-help, but it's very it inspired me. Like it was still funny, but it was more inspiring. And so that's what I really liked about that. And I don't know, other than that, um, I do like, uh, I do like a good kind of like suspenseful novel or I like not young adult, but books about, you know, like coming almost like coming of age. Like, um, there's a, there's a great book that I read in high school called she's come undone. And it is a very long book. It is hundreds of pages and it's a very, it's, it's intense. It's, uh, kind of a story about this, this girl and just things she goes through in life. I won't spoil it, but, um, she, uh, it just, it, it touched my heart and mm-hmm. it's, I, I need to read it again. I actually, behind me, I have my bookshelf and <laughs> tons of books I have not finished. I, that's my problem is I'll start a book and I never finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I tried doing two or three at a time and that was where I met my, no, I can't, I couldn't do it. I, I have to do one at a time too. And I think that you give that to the book or the movie, you know, like you know, give your full attention to one 
mm-hmm. one thing, but to yeah. bring things back, I would like to ask, what do you think is the best movie adaptation or, or television show adaptation of a book that you've read? Hmm. Gosh, I wasn't expecting that question, but that's really good. I sprung it on you. Sorry. <laughs> oh man. An adaptation. There's a lot of movies that I don't even know if I would realize were books beforehand. Um, man, that's a tough one, Jamie. I needed some heads up on that one. I'm so unprepared. <laughs> you have to come back to that one. And I brought okay. it up because The Nightingale, as we read, is actually supposed to become a, a film with the Fanning sisters. Oh, yes, I did see that. Yes. And who knows when that will happen. And where the crawdads sing is supposed to be made into a movie soon too. Mm-hmm. I have heard of that. That that would be a very hard one to beat, a hard book to, to beat, but um, it would, that, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. I think for me, gosh, um, let me just turn around real quick and see. What, I know. Do you have any? What books I have. Um, let's see. Uh, well, there's a lot of movies that I saw and then I was interested in reading the book. And then, um, I just bought the book and never read it. I will say, oh, Oh, okay. So I didn't read, I did not do this in order, but I saw the movie Room with um, Brie Larson that came out a few years ago. Oh yeah. Very, very, very hard movie to get through. Yeah. Um, But I bought the book afterward and the book is amazing. Way more detailed, not in necessarily a good way. Um, but the book is fantastic and just a beautiful, very sad, but in the end, beautiful story. And the movie did an excellent job of adapting it. There's some things that they left out probably for time and just, there's no way you can ever really truly adapt a book into a movie like page by page. And that's, and I feel like for us that like to read and, you know, go to these movies, like, oh, based on a book that I read we're never going to be fully satisfied because it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, you want it to be true to the book, but then if it's true to the book to a T, then it's, oh, there's no surprise. I know it's coming, but then if they do it too different, then you're like, well, it's nothing like the book. And it's just, it's hard. It's, it's, it's definitely when, when directors make that choice to adapt a book into a film, they have that line that they have to Mm -hmm. kind of toe very delicately and I feel like there's very few people who have pulled it off I came up with mine okay. my adaptation I um it's another old movie because that's what I watched when I was younger like that's just what my parents like we just watched a lot of those really cool old movies but To Kill a Mockingbird is probably okay um that was one of my other favorite movies growing up that stirs up a whole lot of emotion and a whole lot of um just different perspectives and 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 um the acting again Gregory Peck is insane he's so talented um so that would probably be my best book to movie adaptation that's a good answer um so switching things over to television one of the questions I've been asking a lot of people is since we've been in quarantine um, or just, you know, staying home more often, I guess I should say, um, there's been a lot of 
shows that have come out or just things that we haven't had a chance to watch. And now that we're home all the time, we do. So I want to know what is your favorite show, movie, or otherwise that you binged during quarantine? Oh, goodness. Um, probably, uh, this is super lame, but like Gilmore Girls, um, <laughs> that show is very well done, by the way. Um, I never watched it when it was on TV, so I was watching it for the first time, and I would say that one was, was good. It was just like, who doesn't, um, who doesn't want to like just live in this idyllic little town and you know the the it was just it was a kind of a coming of age you know story um and so i would i would say something i would say something like that and then a, a smattering of like different documentaries that that i've kind of picked up on and and kind of watched here or there so Okay. You know, I have heard, I've never watched Gilmore Girls and I was kind of very against it for a long time. I still have not watched it, but like my, my best friend loves the show. So many people are just, you know, diehard Gilmore Girls fans. I've heard from the fan base that they, the reboot was not worth it. They did not like the reboot, um, that came out a couple of years ago, or maybe Mm -hmm. it was last year. I don't know. It was very recent. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of warming up to the idea. Mm-hmm. of watching Gilmore Girls for the first time. And especially because um, the actress who plays Lorelai, I cannot think of what her name is. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Bug me. She, so I don't know. I just had a problem with her for a long time. Mm. And then I watched. Parenthood. Uh, she Wasn't she in Parenthood? Or that yes. movie, or that show, yeah. Oh my God, that show. Lauren Graham is her name. Lauren Graham, yeah, that's right. That show just moved me and I love This Is Us and I still love that show. And a lot of people compare Parenthood to This Is Us. Like This Is Us was the new Parenthood when, when it started. Parenthood is a just a beautiful show from beginning to end. Just the, yeah. the transformation of the characters, all of them, the kids, the adults love. And then that show kind of made me like Lauren Graham, the actress more at mm-hmm. first I'm like ah oh, it's a Lorelai from Gilmore Girls I don't want to watch this and I'm like okay 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 I'm, I'm a fan so I think I don't know when maybe sometime in the winter time when there when all of my you know photography gigs are up and there's nothing else to do <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll start watching it but um I have heard that from a lot of people I'm surprised that you had never seen it before I I don't know. No, I, I grew up on friends and then I just never really got into that type of show. Like that's kind of, um, Oh, you know, there it's, it's, you know, sometimes when a show will break out like in song or musical or whatever, and it's like, this is so unrealistic. Like, why am I watching this? Like this isn't, but it does that, but in a not corny way, there are, it's very witty. And there are some really endearing um, parts about this. There's some pain in it. And I think that's kind of what keeps it grounded. But, um, you know, normally, no, I'm not. I mean, it's just very lighthearted, but it also has some real emotion and you get to really know the characters and root for them. And um, the coming of age part, I think is something that you would really like because you mentioned that earlier, so. 
Well, I think I need to now. I think you <laughs> <laughs> um, I've given you so many things to watch. You are. I should be taking notes. Well, when I, when I go to edit this later, I'll make sure to write all this down. Uh, all right. Continuing on with television, I would like to know, we all have that show that you can just watch over and over again. It's a comforting show. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, kind of just have it on in the background. What is that show for you? Uh, Friends. Yep. Um, that is sure. a very popular answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I grew up like, you know, I was in high school and college when that show um, was on um, every Thursday night. And so I grew up watching that show. I mean, I feel like I kind of grew up watching that show. Like I got a lot of my, I don't have comedic timing, but I, what I think I do have, I got from friends, you know, and I mean, just the characters of that show, I loved I just absolutely and again amazing acting like you had these relatively young actors who turned out to be stellar actors like they you know they're 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 just good now I know the huge argument is between friends and Seinfeld I hated Seinfeld when I was like in high school I was like this show is ridiculous I can't watch it but now I really appreciate it and I like it and find it funnier now. So I can, I can be on both, both the Seinfeld and friends team. What's, what's your binge show? Um, for me, <laughs> um, it's, it's gotta be the office and oh, that's I, a good one too. I did not watch the office when it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, fun story. When I was in high school, I was in competitive speech we called it forensics. And when I tell people that, when I tell people I was in forensics, they think that it was like, you know, scientific, you know, what that, you know, forensic, when people think of that word, but um, it was, it was competitive speech. And my coach, I, I started high school in 2006. And so that's when um, the office had just started. And my coach was obsessed with the show. We even had um, like Dwight on one of our t-shirts, like, I don't know if it was just for me at the time being, you know, 14, 15 years old, if I just didn't get it. And I feel like that was a problem with the show in the beginning. It, I've listened to many a podcast on, on the office and in the beginning it was, it was hard for people to grasp. Um, and now it's become kind of this household show, especially with Netflix, Mm -hmm. um, and being able to stream it and. Well, it's kind of adapted from like a British version. So I think there was a little bit of like trying to make it relevant in America, you know, like a little bit of the, um, there was a little, a little bit got lost in translation, but it was a totally different formatage. I mean, like with the sidebar interviews and stuff like that, it was totally different than what we really had seen before. So it was, and I, I started watching it pretty much towards the end around 2013 and watched all of it with my husband and he, he can't do it anymore. He's like, (laughs) can't watch the office anymore, but I, I haven't watched it recently, but I, I feel like I'm always watching it right now. I'm kind of in the middle of watch rewatching a couple of different shows, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's the office. It's just, it's, it's one of those shows where I can just hear it and I know what line is coming next. I don't have to be watching it to know what episode it is or what you know, I'm, I'm so just familiar with every single episode that I can tell you exactly what season it's in, uh, 
what the episode is. It's that's that show for me. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about friends in Seinfeld because both of those shows were always on in my house growing up. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld for my dad, friends for my mom and my sisters. And at the time friends came out, it started in 94. So I was two. So I won't um, tell you how old I was. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so it was not, it was just a little bit ahead of my time. I did not really get a chance to watch it really until towards towards the end. I remember watching the finale, recording it on a VHS yeah. before DVR and all of those things. Um, and I, I, I have to ask you, because for me, I watched the entire show once they put it on Netflix, it's no longer there. But when it was, I watched the entire show in two months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, I've talked about this with multiple people, just how crazy it is now, how we're able to absorb this much media that fast, as opposed to spending years watching a show and getting invested. Yeah. But for me, I know there's been, there's a lot of, you know, rewatching, like some parts haven't aged very well. And I, I, I can move past that, but for me, Ross just makes me so mad. <laughs> infuriates me and to this day Rachel leaving her dream job in Paris for Ross just kill and I I know we all love you know them getting back together in the end and there being a happy ending and you know this will they or won't they that goes on for 10 years you know all the stuff that Rachel and Ross go through for them to end up I mean they had to end up together or else that would have very much disappointed the fan base. And so I can, I can understand that, but, oh gosh, he just is so awful. (laughs) So mad. And I love David Schwimmer. I don't hate the actor. I just do not like the character Ross. He just makes me angry, but he's only one of six. I would have to say my favorite is Phoebe. Phoebe is like my spirit animal. I love her so much. Yeah. She's, it's hilarious. Like smelly cat, like everything that she always did was when she was pregnant. Like I used to sing those little, that little pregnant song that she used to sing to her belly. Um, you know, like the, uh, I used to sing that to my belly, like are you in there, little fetus? Will you, in nine months, will you come greet us? I will buy you some Adidas. And like, you know, I don't know. It's just stuff like that. And, and like having that be in my mind when I think of, you know, singing to your child, singing a, a, a Phoebe song from Friends. Now, is it um, true that she was actually pregnant and that's why they created that storyline? I think, I believe so. Yeah. What a and wild I think storyline too. Yeah, <laughs> and surrogate. That's crazy. Uh, Courtney Cox was pregnant at the end. You'll notice that she, they hid her belly mm-hmm. pretty well. Well, let's see. They did have a child, didn't they? They had a little girl, and that's where they like she and Chandler were buying a new house, or they were looking to move out of the city. So yes, she was. She was actually really pregnant um, with Coco. Mm-hmm. Coco Cox. I yes, I find that so interesting for television when they what whether they incorporate the pregnancy or not because you have to you know when an actress becomes pregnant they have to kind of be like okay can we incorporate this into the story can we and if they can't they just have to hide it and it's amazing what they can do to to hide those things I think when, you know, when I think of, you know, big pregnancies, I think of, you know, Angela from the office, they had to hide her pregnancy. 
Um, and then in the same show, um, the actress Jenna Fisher became pregnant. So they added that into the storyline. Like, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of, that was kind of fun. Um, and then there are some that uh, I, did you ever watch uh, Married with Children? Um, my mom and dad didn't allow me to watch that show. Like they were like, that's a terrible show for you to watch. So I never really did. No, I never really watched that. So was Christina Applegate pregnant in that show? No, Katie Seagal was. He was okay. I didn't know if it was later or. So yeah. it's it's kind of a, kind of a sad story, but um, she became pregnant and they decided to add it into the storyline. And she was older, so they kind of you know spun it with that. And unfortunately, she lost the baby about I think at eight months. And oh my goodness! Yes, and so they had to basically what they did with the story is they made it all to be a dream that she was never pregnant and none of it was real. And I, for, I applaud Katie Seagal for, for, you know, going through that on television with, you know, her, her TV family and then her real family. I applaud her for everything that she had to do for that. Um, but uh, I, th- I think the reason they decided to do that was because they didn't want her to give birth to her, her baby in the show with the pain that she was going through. So, um, absolutely. I, I, I applaud her for doing that for sure. And I, that is not the first time that has happened. That has happened to other actresses. Um, and so I can't imagine being an actress and becoming a mom or possibly not becoming a mom and thinking you were. So it's, I just find it very interesting and very fascinating what they do for, mm-hmm. for, you know, working moms in Hollywood and how they incorporate that. And I'll, I'll end that little segment on a happy note. So uh, um, Mandy Moore, who is in This Is Us, mm-hmm. just announced her pregnancy about a month or so ago. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, she and her, her husband got married mm, like two years ago or so. She is pregnant. And um, so I follow her on Instagram and she does Q and A's sometimes. And they're like, how are they gonna incorporate your pregnancy in the show? And she's like, I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you can kind of choose to hide it or not, but it's mm-hmm. all about the storyline. They might have to do, I mean, there's obviously parts of the show. If you, if you guys are familiar with, with the plot, there are, it is a time jumping show. They go back and forth all the time. There are scenes where she's pregnant with the triplets. So yeah. maybe they'll do some of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but moving on from that, from that little segment, Again, because there's so much content out there and there um, is just, I feel like endless shows, movies, documentaries to watch. What is something that you've watched recently, maybe in the past like month or so that you recommend to our listeners? Hmm. Um, in the last month or so, again, I watch a lot of kids TV because well, not a lot. We actually don't watch a ton of TV. We are outside a lot and we don't have cable. Um, so most of our watching is like strictly like movies or whatever on Amazon or Netflix, but, um, oh gosh, there, I think, I think you can go and, and find now some of them are probably a little bit more disturbing depending on what you believe in or how, you know, what your views are, but there are some, there are some very fascinating documentaries on Netflix right now. Um, the one about Jeffrey Feinstein is 
insane. Um, that is a crazy that one. one. I don't, have you seen that? No, I, I have heard though. It's, it's a hard watch. It is. So it's not something like to sit down and watch with kids or anything like that. Oh. It's definitely, um, something in small doses that I, you know, and there's things like that out there that I feel like are, are important for, for people to kind of take in and see what they think about it and go and you process it and go from there. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, let's see. Did you watch um, the social dilemma? I haven't watched that yet, but I really want to, I, again, not for kids. Like, it, yeah. like they would, yeah. I have heard that it makes you want to delete all of your social media. Yes. Which is hard for me because I work in social media every day. I know. So I was going to ask you if you'd watch that. Being I have not, in, but it's on my list as well. Yeah. Um, my brother, like all my family, like they've watched it and said, you need to watch it, you know, as far as like with kids and stuff like that. Like my, my niece just turned 13. And so, you know, she's at, and you know, our oldest is 10. And I think with everything with like, re with remote learning, everybody's got a laptop now, no matter how old you are. And it's like, you know, some of the, the platforms that you use, I mean, you're using the internet. So we're introducing these things to our kids at even a younger age than you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to try to navigate that as a parent. So, um, that, I mean, as a parent, you know, watching like the Jeffrey Feinstein thing too, that, that was, that's sick, but you know, it just is, is kind of the unfortunate reality of what's out there. And, um, you know, it's good not to have your head in the sand, but also kind of understand what is, you know, what is out there that you need to protect your kids against. Um, as far as like more fun TV shows or, you know, nicer, <laughs> nicer stuff. Um, gosh, you know, we have been watching, um, my husband and I have been watching, um, we watched the, the last dance, the Michael Jordan and the bulls documentary. That was extremely well done. And I grew up in Illinois. Um, and so I was a bull, I was a Bulls fan. I had like their caricature t-shirts, like when I was in elementary school, like I was, you know, uh, we were, we were total Bulls fans, Cubs fans, you know, and, um, that was really well done. And it was really cool to like go back and remember all those, those games and, you know, Scottie Pippen and, um, Dennis Rodman and BJ Armstrong and, and you, and, you know, the other teams that, that we despise. So that was a really, really that was a great documentary to watch that we really enjoyed. Um, and then I think, you know, there's actually some kind of um, outdoor and like, kind of like, there's one called, um, oh, it's about a, it's about a, um, they refinish old cars. Um, and it's, and it's in a, um, it's in Temecula, California. And it's this Gotham garage, I think is what it's called, but it just, it just follows them and, um, and kind of, it's, I don't know, just kind of an interesting show, but it's reality TV. So I kind of like that documentary reality TV kind of stuff. But as far as what I've read, watched lately, there, I haven't honestly watched much lately. <laughs> so I'm boring. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I have, um, have really just kind of been rewatching the same stuff. I'm trying to watch the new season of um, 
like the haunting of Hill house, second season haunting of Bly Manor, I think is what it's called. Um, but I have been falling asleep, not because it's boring, but because by the time I get into bed to watch something, I just fall asleep. That's just me. Um, I would like to know since, um, kind of my last question then, uh, since you've been watching a lot with kids, has there been anything recently like family films that you've really enjoyed that have come out recently? Yeah, I probably have a lot more of those. Um, just because of the ages of my kids, my kids are almost six, uh, and then eight and 10. So, um, let's see. They like a lot of kind of the, the classic stuff like Incredibles and, um, you know, kind of the, the, the cool Disney and Pixar, um, Toy Story 4 was really good and funny. Um, it's, it's insane to think that we could have a four, like that they could make four movies and have them all be really good. And they, they were the, you know, the fourth one was, was, was really, really, really well done. Um, and they got a good kick out of, out of those. Um, you know, we have, we have, we have started incorporating some of our favorite movies when we were kids to our kids, um, like Goonies and Sandlot, um, Field of Dreams. Um, Those are all great shows. Or movies. Yeah, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have more language in them than I remembered when from when I was a kid. And it's like, oh, uh, earmuffs, but um, Twister was one of those that had more swear words than I remembered, but it was really good. Great acting. Um, what else do they like? They like Twister. That's, that's um, funny. I remember watching that movie when I was probably about your oldest age. I remember. Mm-hmm. Did they, did you guys watch Onward when that came out a couple of months ago? The newest Pixar? We did. Uh, I think we saw it like the weekend it came out. Um, and they did, they did like that, but it hasn't been one that they've had on repeat, honestly. Um, but it was, it was cute and it was different. Um, I like that one. That one was good. They like, as far as like TV shows on, um, they have gotten into the TV show Heartland. It's a really good, just family. It's, it's a Canadian show actually. And I think it's literally on its like 13th season. Um, but it's about this family that uh, runs a, a horse farm in British Columbia and it is, it's gorgeous. And it's just, it's just a really good, no bad language or anything like that. It's just, it's just a really good kind of good morals, good show, good, good all around. But the kids, the kids really like that show. Um, so I would recommend that one. Um, what else have we, what else? We got into a lot of baseball field of dreams is one of my favorite movies of all time ferris bueller's day off is another one of my favorites they're a little too young for that one but um maybe someday maybe someday wayne's world (laughs) (laughs) maybe i mean i saw that movie for the first time when i was like mm, 13 so yeah i mean she got a couple years maybe Um, dumb and dumber i don't know yeah um for me, like I, uh, just to kind of close things out, I, um, I've been trying to get my son to watch some of my favorites, like, uh, with Disney plus there's pretty much everything on there that I used to watch as a kid, the old and the newer, um, Mm -hmm. like nineties and early two thousands. And, um, 
My son does not have that attention span yet. He will not sit and watch a movie. I tried to get him to watch a goofy movie the other day and he sat still for maybe a minute and then wanted nothing to do with the rest of the time. So I had to finish it alone. Um, But I'm waiting for when he'll actually want to watch movies with me. And I hear it's not always great because when kids start getting into movies, it's all they want to do is just watch the same one over and over and over again, which I'm okay with as long as it's a good one. Um, But uh, he's not there yet. When he was very, very little, uh, you know, when we were, we were at home together, when uh, I was on maternity leave, there are a lot of movies we quote watched together that he obviously <laughs> did not watch. Tried to. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm waiting for that because I, you know, love all the, you know, the classic Disney Pixar films yeah. and we uh, modeled his room after Toy Story. And so I'm waiting for him to actually want to watch movies with me because I'm, I'm big on movies and he's not there yet, but maybe someday. The new um, Mary Poppins is very good. Yep. Uh, that's, that's a Emily good one. And Lynn Manuel Miranda, right? Yes. Yes. From Hamilton. Yes. Um, Did really, you really watch good. Hamilton. When that. I, I haven't seen it yet, but several of my nurses are like, you need to watch Hamilton. So, also yeah. not for kids, though. So, it's like I have to wait for them to go to bed. And yeah. I feel like, I mean, there are some parts that are inappropriate. I feel like though kids could probably watch it. Really? Okay. I think, I mean, there's, there's with the Disney plus version, they did take out the few swear words. I think maybe okay. it might be harder for them to understand just because it's, it's very fast. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the music in it, um, because it is, um, you know, rap hip hop, R&B style of, of music for the most part, but I, I, I definitely say, Hey, if at least your 10 year old, well, I'll have to, I, I do want to see it. I do want to watch it. Um, I love Broadway. I mean, like I saw wicked on Broadway, um, in New York. Um, I saw phantom of the opera too. And there, that's just, that's a totally different platform. And it's just, you can't, you can't describe it. It's just amazing. So that's Someday great. I'll go back and, and watch more, but. Well, I've never been to New York, but that is a dream of mine to see a musical on Broadway. But unfortunately, Broadway is down for the foreseeable future. So I know, maybe it's sad. When- so you were talking about how Theo, you know, like the movie that he's going to like want to watch over and over again. So each of my kids had a different movie that they watched over and over again. And oh. it was very different. So my sons, who he's now, you know, 10, but he loved Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> he loved that show, that, that just cute little cartoon. And he loved that. He loved that Disney show. Um, and Chloe, who is eight, she loved Beauty and the Beast. Could watch that over and over and over and over and over again. Um, our youngest, who is just a spitfire um her her first favorite movie was home alone and like she (laughs) thought it was hilarious when they're you know getting that slapstick comedy where where they're just getting beat up by this eight-year-old kid um so that was always super fun that's all she wanted to watch was home alone home alone Home Those alone. are all great choices, but Home Alone, especially like I would watch that with my kid over and over and over again. <laughs> Your kids. Have I, yes. Taste. <laughs> yes. And the second one, the New York one last in like, that's a, that's a good one too. So I, I, I like, like it'll age me, but I saw that in the theaters. I saw that home. I saw Home Alone in the theater. 
I did not, but I remember watching it at home. I think I still have the first Home Alone on VHS. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that will age me a little bit, but not not too terribly much. Although VHS, I- VHS, yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I want to say before before we close out is um, I, I have seen, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the viral video of the um, the man on the skateboard with, with the cranberry juice and it's uh, playing um, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. It's kind of become a meme and now there's a bunch of different variations no. of it. Why, why have I not seen this? It, I will have to send it to you. It's amazing. Okay. And there's, there's a bunch of different versions of it. There's even one with Stevie Nicks. It's pretty awesome. It's great. But I've seen, I've seen videos of um, that song is like now number one again. And that song came out in like the seventies. So um, I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan. I love Stevie Nicks. I love that song. And it's, it's, I've heard some of like the younger generation are like, Oh, have you heard this new song? And their parents are like, are you kidding me? This new song? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's almost 50 years old. Like, Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's probably what 76, 78. Yeah. It's, but it's amazing too. Like, and I think about that with like the Beatles, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's amazing how time, can change so much, but certain things will always feel timeless. Like, like music next 77 is when that one came out. 77. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Long time. Uh, well, Kristen, thank you so much again for joining. It was really yeah, nice this to was fun. With you. Um, yeah. before you go, just kind of let us know real quick where we can find you on social media. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can, I think it's linked on the Atlas website. Um, you can call me, text me, email me. I think all of that info is on there, but I'm on Facebook more than any other social media platform, probably. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty available. So, um, it's, I think it's all on there. I don't know where else it would be, but yeah. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to include a link to your bio so um, people can get to know you a little bit better after they listen, but Thank you again for joining. It was wonderful to have you. And guys, our Halloween episode to close out streaming uh, will air next Saturday on Halloween. So make sure you look out for that. The one I'm really excited for. Got a ton of people involved, so it's going to be fun. Um, But until then, you guys keep on streaming. We will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Until next time, keep streaming.